Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. Um, Listen. I got to just say something. How many times have you all heard me talk about detox, talk, toxic air, toxic environment, toxic, toxic? I mean, my God, 16 years doing this. You probably lost count now. Uh, Madame Chang joining us here today, ASE Beauty Chief Education and Intelligence Officer, is bringing (laughs) something new to the holiday season. Are you ready? Going clean. That doesn't mean you have to remove your tattoos, but maybe you do. Uh, Today, we are going to take a look at what this means. You know, there is right now going on millions and millions of women each year, but this holiday season, they are looking for the perfect of the perfect when it comes to how we look. But I will tell you something. Growing up with the mom who never had anything but red lips and red nail polish, I will tell you as kids, we didn't know what we didn't know about the stuff that that woman was putting on her face. Today, (laughs) we're going to talk about what it means to really go clean. Hello, Madame Chang. Great to have you here. Hello, Dr. Pat. Thanks for having me. Love your intro. It's funny when, because um, I do a lot within the space also of detox, and you're absolutely right. You said you've been talking about detox for so long, and so many people, when they think of detox, they think of yeah. what they're drinking, well, at, what they're eating. They do. Here's what I want to say. Um, I say ASE. It's not. It's a shay. And what it means is to really be talking with you and talking about this. And talking, and I say ASE because we got to, this is radio, and I know when we go ahead and give out websites and stuff, they're not going to remember what we're saying. But here's what we're talking about. This is your life, right? Hello? Did did I lose you? No, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. This is your life. This is you looking at beauty lipsticks, looking at what it means to have clean beauty. And you know what we're learning now? The studies and the sciences are coming out, right? I could only imagine if my mom were still alive, the amount of lipstick that I saw that woman wear my entire life. She didn't even know what she didn't know. Isn't this why what you're doing so important? Absolutely. A lot of people are not aware. First, let's define clean beauty. What does that mean? A lot of people don't understand that concept. Clean beauty is a growing movement that um, a lot of companies are coming out and they are creating and producing product mindfully. 
Um, there is a lot of products out there. Is, is that every day we're exposed to so many harmful chemicals through the water we drink, the air we breathe, through our personal care products. And so um, I'm just going to um, break down a few facts because yeah. a lot of people are not aware of um, the harmful and potentially harmful products, I mean, ingredients that are in a lot of the products that we use today. So as I said, clean beauty is a movement where there are companies making products that are free of these um, harmful and potentially harmful products. But in the U.S., the industry still has to be better regulated. And just for comparison um, purposes, currently right now within the personal care industry, only 30 harmful and potentially harmful ingredients have been banned from personal um, care, whereas in Europe, 1,400 have been banned. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's a pretty um, scary reality. And so, but the, the plus side is that there are companies that are coming out and are being, um, are, are taking that into consideration and creating products that are safer for us, as well as our, um, do not pose an envir environmental um, hazard. So it's really about our bodies and mm -hmm. also about the environment. I want to do something. Um, I know these interviews are short, but I don't want to waste any time. Um, I want people to have access to the information I got had access to when I visited your website, when I started to look at what you stand for, um, when I started to look at you know, not just your, the testimonials from people or the retreats or any of this, but how this has been a lifelong journey. I want to get it out up front. What is the way that people can find out more about what we're talking about? In terms of um, clean beauty, yeah. um, one great resource is the EWG website, Environmental Working Group. They're right. a great resource. They also have um, a Skin Deep app where you can scan um, your personal care, even your household products, and it will give a toxicity rating um, from one to 10, 10 being um, one to nine, nine being the most toxic. Um, that's a great app for people to have who are really trying to make more informed, informed decisions about what they're purchasing all the way around. Wow. I want to make sure we're going to mention this a lot throughout the show. Um, I, I want to talk with you about let me just use my language and then you can chime in. My belief is, given where we are now in our pop culture and otherwise, we're at a crisis stage with the amount of things we're putting on our body. And I'm just going to stay with the topical for the moment on our body, in our hair, you name it. I want to ask you from your perspective, you know, what is it about this that ignited that spark in your soul? So I've been within the well, and I'm just going to speak personally. Yeah. Um, and then move into what I do with Ashe. Yeah. But I've been within, within the health and wellness space for over 20 something years. Um, this has been a path of mine. And originally I focused on diet, what people ate. Um, and as I grew and also as we changed in regards to market-wise, we, we started putting um, a lot more chemicals in the products that we, um, we use. And a few years back, um, I was really brought into the safer beauty space. And what I realized that having spoken about diet, 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 which can be a very 
difficult change for people that they can completely shift um, their health outcomes by changing something that's easier for people ch to change, um, which is what are they placing on their skin. Um, and so that, for me, became a passion point for me in terms of really shifting um, and incorporating um, and educating individuals around what they're placing on their skin daily that's really changing um, and impacting their health. And so that became a passion point. And for me, I have focused on communities of color for yeah. my 20 plus years of being in this space. Yeah. And in regards to just where we're at um, with higher levels, greater risk, it's very important that we become more informed and start to change the things that we can change. Um, there's some things that we can't that are beyond our control or demand and put our money where it matters mm -hmm. um, because money speaks. Um, and so when you look at breast cancer rates, when you look at lupus, fibroids, mm. early onset of puberty, all of these things that we, um, people of color, especially yeah. black, and when I say black, I mean African-American, I mean um, those from the continent, African yep. West Indians, mm -hmm. um, that we really have to be mindful and it's real. And so it's a big passion point for me. And when I um, did enter into the Safer Beauty um, space, the conversation that I was not hearing was around women of color, the group yeah. that's impacted the most. And that's why launching a brand that focuses um, um, on women of color, especially within this market space where we are the ones that are impacted the most, but have the least um, options for. Um, yeah. in terms of things that perform that are not just safe, but actually perform and work for us. And that's why we started with something that's simple and easy um, to move into this space with, which is uh, lipsticks. But our goal is to create more options um, within that cosmetic space as well. So Yeah. And I want to just make sure all of you, uh, since this is radio, um, we, when we look at this, Ashe Beauty, I want you all to know that, it really is A-S-E. So if you're going to Google it, instead of trying to phonetically spell it out, you want to get there. But it is Ashe Beauty. Um, look, I know I have lost family members. Um, it's exactly what you're talking about. We're literally talking about a, let's just call it a difference of two to three times the rate of Caucasian women. So when we're talking yeah. about women of color, we're not talking about, oh, like a moderate. This is not moderate. You know, from a statistical perspective, you know, in my background of statistics, this would be considered an epidemic proportion, right, in the, in the research arena. Um, yeah. What do we need yeah. to do to help women and say, hey, come on, we've got another way. This is important. What do you think we need to be communicating? So I think that um, shows such as, you know, it's about learning the information and then passing it on and sharing it with others, which is very important. And I, so, and I think that in all arenas, just like right now on this um, talk show, you are bringing this topic to life, mm -hmm. you know, to your audience, for those who don't have awareness on this. So for me, it's really about the things that we can do on a micro as well as a macro level. Um, and it's from 
starting and right now when I began in this industry, there was less information known, less companies out there that were actually producing safer products. And so one is education, 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 and starting with our young people who are growing up in a time period where there are a lot more chemicals. We're exposed to chemicals, harmful chemicals on such a greater degree. So from the time our babies are in the womb, they're exposed to certain um, harmful chemicals that impact and can impact them, even in utero. And so educating from the moms to the little ones within school, I have done a lot of work with educating um, within schools. And again, not just about what you eat, but overall wellness. And, you know, teaching young girls, especially when they're moving into those time periods, where they are, you know, getting into makeup and stuff, but it even starts before makeup. It's, as you said, your hair products, yeah. the lotions that we use on our bodies, um, and just starting on small levels within your household, first yourself, second within your household, then your friendship groups within your communities, and then being able to do what you do, you're reaching people on a greater audience, so um, on a greater, greater level through being on a platform as you are. And so being able to speak more about it. And then when I say that vote with your dollars, the more yeah. that we demand and we buy safer, it drops the rate in terms of producing and it push, puts, puts it on those who are creating like people, you know, are buying this. You know, it is wise to move into this space and put their money where it counts and where it's more helpful for us in regards to our, our um, longer term and short term health. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have to tell you, I am just so honored to even be talking with you today because, you know, I, I have seen the results of this firsthand and many people have. I think now we're just starting to get the science, really the research that says, oh, wait a minute, wake up, hello. Like, yeah, that is like total 100% chemicals going on right there, like on your face. We're now starting to say, wait a minute, but aren't you all at, and this is, this is the question for me, because this is the part that I really want people to know about. Aren't, aren't you all at Ashe Beauty, aren't you all, you know, here? When I think about Ashe, aren't you all not just producing the products, but you're like a movement. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's education first. Yeah, because, you know, in regards to you have to educate um, and you have to educate for me the reason why mm -hmm. and the main reason why I even because I didn't come from a beauty space, meaning even when you look <laughs> at me, I'm not necessarily a makeup person. I just aren't. My life's work is health and wellness and educating communities of color and inspiring them. Um, in terms of making changes. And so, yes, when you can use the word movement, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and when you look at Ashe, um, Ashe is from, um, the word, name is from Nigeria, Yoruba. And mm -hmm. it's the power to create change and make things happen. And that's what we're about. Um, and in order to do that, what's your first step? You have to raise awareness. And once you were, were, and it's not preaching, it's let me give you the information and so you can make an informed decision of what it means the most to you, you know, what's important to you. 
Um, and that's what it's about. Inspiring, not preaching to, um, educating. That's the, you know, the root and the foundation. And I wanna, so, I want to ask you this question. I know they're probably, uh, Ted and everybody's probably saying, come on, Pat, you only have 15 minutes, wrap it up. Um, yes. I can talk to you for a really long time because I really looked at what you person, who you personally are. I mean, everything from your back. We're both graduates of Columbia too. I looked at, I found, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know, know. it's weird, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but I looked at your passion. I look at, you know, what you've done. It's not just passion. You are really passionate. You're meaning you are a woman of action. And so I've seen what you've done and you're the initiative in the, in the health organizations, United, talk at United Nations. I mean, you're out there trying to say, we need to hit the pause button here. We are not doing service. We are harming people. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know how we say that more powerfully than people are being harmed. I, I don't know how to say absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely, Dr. Pat. And I can, I can like feel you through the other line. Absolutely. And that's what drives me. Yeah. People are being har harmed and not enough of us are informed. And that has to shift. The power is that that is shifting. You know, there is, again, a lot more awareness, but it needs to be more awareness. And I do believe that it's what we do with information and we learn things so we can share with each other. So if you have the information and you're holding it for yourself, it's like half service, right? It's not mm -hmm. enough. Um, and I, I, I say to people, like, go out there, Google clean beauty, um, Google women of color and chemical mm -hmm. toxic load, and start to educate yourself. As I said before, Environmental Working Group has the app, but also on the site, there's a lot of great information out there. There's a great organization called um, Black Women for Wellness yeah. um, that's based in Los Angeles that does a lot in this space, um, as well as on our website, ashebeauty.com. The blog does have information in regards to, um, because we're education first, but just starting to educate you around the space and um, really use those um, resources and decide whether or not it's time for you to, um, to begin this journey. I know that I do it every day for my daughter and the children who come be past my, beyond my daughter, um, because this is real. Um, and the U.S. in general, um, and within this market space, as well as other market space, we have to do a better job of protecting um, the people. Um, and so we've come along, we shifted from 11, we're up to 30 ingredients, but we have a long way to go. Um, yeah. And especially, yeah. I, I want to so. thank you for mentioning uh, BWWLA.org. BWW, everybody, BWWLA.org. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, check it out. Yeah. And you're going to listen to Jeanette, who's going to be all about this. That's an organization that's over 20 years old. And that I consider them breakthrough. I'm so, I'm so shocked you even mentioned them. But they're great. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we've got to do. I want to ask you one last question, if I could. Uh, and I hope yeah. I get to spend more time with you. I hope we can arrange another interview to really get down uh, into this because we have to be bold here. We have to be bold. Absolutely. Have to be bold. And it's enough. Enough is enough. Enough, enough is enough. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, 
enough yeah. is enough. And I, I want to make sure, let's have the website again. And then I have one last question for you. I'd like to know your personal message, but please, how can people find out more? And uh, keep us informed of what your vision and, and the new products are going to look like too. Absolutely. So the website is Ashe Beauty. And as Dr. Pat said, it's ASEBeauty.com. Um, and our vision is we have, right now we have a trio with our minis, which is a beautiful arrangement of three shades. One is Power, which is our signature red, Ambition, which is our classic berry, and Emerge, which is our universal nude. And they're mini trios, and it's a great introduction. So we pre-launch with this set that you can find on our website. The trio is buildable, single swipes with a satin finish um, that is so hydrating. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, trio. Um, what we want to do is expand out and move past the trios. We do um, plan on creating full-size lipsticks as well as additional stuff outside of lipsticks. Um, and for those who are listening in for our holiday special, we are offering all listeners a 20% um, discount on our mini trio. Um, just use four, the number four, that is Ashe Beauty for your discount code. Um, and then please, please, if you purchase, um, snap a shot of us um, and you can tag us at, um, on, at, Ashe, at Ashe Beauty Co. We would so yeah. appreciate it. And I want to yeah. say to everybody out there, all of y'all out there that are thinking, what am I going to get, the gifts I'm going to get, this right here, if you go to their website, you will see this amazing this is a fantastic gift what we like to call here on a dr pat show a gift with a message and that there's mm -hmm. nothing more powerful than that i want to thank you so much for your time today thank you so much dr pat all right everybody let's take a short break we'll be right back you know this time of year folks this is part of our good news segment it's also part of what really gets us up every day as a network and brings, brings shows to you. So here's what I want to say. Right now with Eric Christofferson, you're going to learn how a scholarship program not only can help students pursue their college dreams, but is much more than that. Can you imagine philanthropy as something of a way of life instead of an exception? But when we hear the words, childhood cancer. It makes all of us cringe, but we've got some interesting and good news. Eric, it's great to have you. Great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, I'm not kidding. All you have to do is say two words, child and cancer together, and you could see the look on people's faces. Um, but today we're going to say it and we're going to have an energy of hope, transformation, good deeds, and beautifully orchestrated action to help. Tell us about today this scholarship program. Yeah, the Northwestern Mutual has had a childhood cancer program for a, a number of years. And while we generally fund research and family support and survivorship, what we've seen through our work over the years is that when a family gets that childhood cancer diagnosis, it's traumatic, not to mention the impact it likely has on the family's finances. So what we did is we took a step back and we said, you know what, there's got to be another way we can 
help these families deal with this situation. So we decided to create a scholarship program to try to relieve some of the burden and hopefully ease the pain, some of the challenges that these families go through when they get that terrible diagnosis and hopefully ultimately, you know, get through it and become survivors. So I, I love that you're doing this. I, I, I think for folks, when they hear something like this, they, they have a few questions. And that's why I would love for you to talk to us about how the scholarship program works. Well, basically, uh, what we do is we open up a portal. Right now, our applications are open through January 30th. People can access it by going to foundation.northwesternmutual.com. And you fill out an application relative to many scholarship or funding applications. This one's relatively straightforward and easy. It's as simple as if you're, um, you know, entering college or in college and you're a student in good standing, you fill out a, a brief application and you write a brief essay. Basically, you tell us the story of your experience, what you've gone through, and we look at those and select 35 scholarship recipients each year. And what's unique about this program is 25 of those scholarships go to survivors, but the other 10 go to siblings, brothers and sisters of the kids with cancer, oftentimes the forgotten child in the family as a result of the family having necessarily to focus their attention on getting a child well. So 25 scholarships to survivors and 10 to siblings, kind of unique. It is unique. Um, I want to ask you about this uh, from your perspective. I mean, this is an area that you have, you know, when many people talk about what they do, they don't talk about their purpose and their passion. This is a thing of passion for you, Eric, isn't it? Well, it is. Uh, I've, I've been at this for a number of years, and I consider it an opportunity. It's a privilege to be able to do this work. It's a privilege to be able to represent this company who has a passion and a desire to, frankly, find a cure. But in the meantime, and this is the part that's often overlooked, while we're funding research, there's still the reality of the day-to-day -day life that still goes on while people are fighting this terrible uh, challenge. So, if, you know, anything we can do from a corporate perspective to relieve that burden, we're happy to do. We'd like to see more people doing it. Uh, you're right, it is a passion for us here. And uh, we don't take it lightly. It's a privilege. I want to ask you before we, uh, uh, actually a couple times, what is the best way for people to find out more about this? Again, go to foundation.northwesternmutual.com. You can learn about the Northwestern Mutual Childhood Cancer Program, as well as get access to the application, which again is relatively straightforward. A um, couple things, right? I want to be, I want to talk to you about because I, I think that for you all, you have an end in mind. Stephen Covey said this a long time ago in Seven Habits. He says you've got to have an end in mind, and then you work towards that end. For you all, I think since 2012 or around that, you have contributed like over 25 million, right? And so this yes. is something that you're, you're committed to, not just in words, but to actions. What is the outcome you want to achieve uh, through this program? Well, yeah, great question. I mean, the, the, dare I say, obvious answer is uh, if we're successful, we're no, longer, we're no longer in this business because right. we found a cure. Right. We've funded over 330,000 hours of research. 
yet we still haven't eradicated childhood cancer. Improvements are being made. We're clearly having an impact. But ultimately, the more awareness we can create, the more funding we can provide to research to find a cure, the better off we're going to be. So we're not going to stop until that is accomplished. Sounds like a lofty goal. I get it. But, you know, if not us, who? we got to keep doing this. I like that. That's exactly right. If not us, who? You know, that's fascinating you said that because I got asked the same question about why we're expanding our Positive Talk Network. And I almost said the same answer because you and I, in our respective fields, have the ability to create positive change. Isn't that part of this journey? And also how to get others involved in a, a grassroots way to also create positive change. No doubt about it. I mean, the opportunity is great. Uh, in our case, being a, a corporate philanthropy organization, we yeah. have a national sales distribution system, and we, we leverage this nationwide. And as a result, our reach is broader. We can have greater impact, and we're seeing better results. It doesn't have to be uh, local. It can be, it can be broad. And with the help of people like you, we get the word out, and uh, hopefully we'll have a positive impact. Uh, look, I love it. I know you're going from interview to interview. There are probably a lot of things we didn't talk about. So I want to ask you for that website one more time. But most importantly, please tell us where people can go, how people can get involved, and what your personal message is. Sure. Foundation.NorthwesternMutual.com to learn more about what we do. Please follow our lead. We're happy to have other people join in this. This isn't about us. It's about all of us making an impact and trying to find a cure for childhood cancer. So, Pat, we appreciate the support. I love it. Thank you so much, Eric. For those of you out there, this is how you bring good cheer to the holiday by doing something like this powerful for somebody else that perhaps can't. Thank you, Eric. All right, everybody, short break. Thank we'll you. be right back. Hey everybody, the riddle of the day. What happens when you put the world's top travel expert together and an amazing preferred rewards executive to talk about that program? What happens when you put travel and rewards together? What do you get? I'll tell you what you get. You get the thrill of a lifetime. Joining me here today, Lee Abamonte, John Sellers, and we are talking about travel, and we're talking about preferred rewards. Why? Because when you put this together, you are going to be looking and saying, hmm, I don't really have to spend a whole lot of money to have the ride of my life. Lee, John, great to have you here. Great to be here. Glad to be here. As always. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I want to start out in a kind of strange way. I, I, I want to start out with you first, John. Um, because mm -hmm. one of the things I want to talk about, you're, you're a Bank of America uh, executive. You're in charge of rewards. Mm -hmm. and, and, and when I say rewards, we almost think that people know about this, but we don't quite. So I want to just, from your perspective, I want to talk about what you all do, Bank of America rewards, and then I'm going to kick it up with Lee. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, certainly we listen to our customers, right? And our customers tell us they want to get rewarded for their everyday banking and investing. Yep. And I think, Dr. Pat, you know, most people understand a rewards credit card, right? So we have great rewards credit cards. 
our premium rewards card is awesome because it lines to to dining and travel and it yeah. gives you enhanced rewards. But the thing that most people are missing out on, and I think they're leaving rewards on the table, and we've talked about this in the past, is they're not taking advantage of a banking loyalty program like Preferred Rewards. You know, we recommend folks out there and your listeners think about consolidating your finances with one institution because it's, it makes your life easier, it's, it's more convenient for you to manage, but it can make you or allow you to qualify for a banking loyalty program like Preferred Rewards. And Preferred Rewards members enjoy a suite of benefits. So not just credit card reward bonuses, which are awesome, and you get those up to 75%, but you also get no-fee banking services, mm. unlimited no-fee ATMs, mortgage, home equity, auto loan discounts, uh, priority client servicing, just to name a few. And our clients love the program because it gives them real rewards that they can actually use. Uh, I'm glad you said that because that's why I wanted you to go first. Because when we say rewards, and sometimes we watch the commercials, People don't know that it goes beyond the little <clears throat> the little plastic card, right? They don't know that. Then you just clarified that. And Lee, let's talk about you. <clears throat> this is so much fun. Um, you are you have the job that most people would love to have. You travel and you travel everywhere. But but here's the thing: you don't just travel. You travel efficiently, effectively, and cost wisely. Tell us about that and your experience with how you optimize rewards. Sure, and thank you for that. Um, yeah, it's it's about deciding where you want to go and coming up with a strategy to get there in an efficient and cost-effective way. And the, the best way I've found to alleviate the cost of travel, which there are some, is to layer my rewards. And uh, mm. touching on what John said and adding that, if you're buying a trip, you're going to fly somewhere, right? You're going to stay in a hotel. So you're going to use your airline frequent flyer number. You're going to use your hotel loyalty program, and you're going to pay for that somehow. So I use the Bank of America Premium Rewards Visa card because it gives me two points for every dollar spent on travel and dining and a point and a half for everything else. And adding a fourth layer, the Bank of America Preferred Rewards program, boosts my earnings up to 3.5 points per dollar spent on travel and dining and 2.62 points per spend on everything else. And what that basically does is it maximizes the amount of points that I can earn for the money that I'm spending anyway. And that can lead to free travel in the future fast or cash back to use on whatever I want. And that's the most efficient way I've found to do it. Yeah. What I love about this, I have a term for this, probably not your term, but I I call it recycling my resources. And the reason I like to recycle my resources is because it's exactly what you're talking about. You know, it, it, it's like my grandma used to say when she's making the gravy is like, you've got to use every drop of what you're putting in for your herbs. Every bit counts. And that's what we're talking about. We are living now where people understand this. And the ease of buying is through using uh, the rewards card. But folks don't really know the benefit beyond a vague understanding of rewards. And I think, John, that's what you're talking about. There's so much more here. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, you know, again, our our research tells us that's where people are leaving rewards on the table, not yeah. taking advantage 
of the banking loyalty program because you pair that with the card yeah. and it's just, you know, it, it just creates such a, you know, a, a higher reward level that, that folks can take advantage of and, and save money for future endeavors. I have a friend I was talking to the other day and she just said to me, and I'd love for you to talk about this, both of you. Um, she said, I, I don't even know how to pick a card out. And, you know, that is a reality in today's world. It's like, how do I decide? How do I find out what the rewards program offers? And I think that's something that, that, that I'd love to hear both of you talk about because each of you comes from different perspectives, but with the same goal in mind, right? How about you, Lee? Well, I, I choose a card and I always recommend people choose a card based on your spending habits and your needs and, and what rewards will suit your lifestyle and spending habits. So uh, for me, travel and dining have always been super important. Um, I, you know, I love to travel, obviously, and we all got to eat. So um, for me, the premium rewards visa card was was a perfect uh, choice for me. And, uh, you know, it's a best in class card and uh, suits my needs. So it really depends what you want. You know, if you're an individual, if you're a small business, it, you know, just see what you're going to be spending money on and then choose a card that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would just say, you know, Lee hit that right on the head. I okay. mean, you know, choosing a card that, that aligns to your spending priorities. A lot of folks, uh, Dr. Pat, like cash, right? So we also have a cash rewards card, which is a great card. It offers 3% cash back in one of six popular categories, right? So you can choose those categories. And and when you pair that with preferred rewards, that 3% can actually go up to 5.25%. So mm -hmm. imagine that, 5.25% yeah. wow. on a category of your choice. Wow. You know, one of the things I realized in listening to both of you is I uh, our theme for next year is 2020, the year of plenty. And when, when I think about that, though, I think I think about how strategic we are and laying out a plan for what we want to do next year. I'd like to ask you about the planning part of this and making sure that we are targeting the things that we want to do and then coupling that with rewards program. Lee, how important is that planning aspect? Well, planning is obviously huge. Um, first of all, you have to be honest with yourself, uh, where, where you want to go, what you want to achieve, whether it's a travel goal or a financial goal, because they're kind of intertwined these days and uh, uh, making it financially feasible to, to achieve your goals. And uh, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. And again, just be honest with yourself, write down your goals and uh, figure out a way to achieve it. And a lot of that can be done on your own, but um, as I'm sure John can attest, going in and talking to a, a banker and coming up with a strategy is probably a great move as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, John, absolutely. can you talk about that? Because um, I work with my, uh, my regional Bank of America people and uh, I consider them part of my team for a lot of different things, but I don't even think folks know that that's even a possibility. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have 4,300 branches across across the nation, uh, so we welcome folks to walk, come in, and, and talk to one of our bankers, you know, about your financial priorities and especially how rewards can can you know can align to that and the various offerings that we have, whether it's the credit card or our banking loyalty program or other things that we have. You know, I, I think um, Dr. Pat, we talked in the past about yeah. 
some of the unexpected benefits. And oh, yeah. We have a program called Museums on Us, which is a, an awesome program, and it's available to all Bank of America credit and debit card holders, right? It offers free admission the first full weekend of every month at more than 225 of the most popular museums across the country, right? So if you're traveling, that can add a fun and affordable activity, or if you're just a staycation, you're staying at home over the holidays, why not take advantage of it? Yeah, and I think this is part of really for people, um, two things that I've discovered, uh, right, especially John, since last time we talked, is one, you can have a great time with your family planning this. And Lee, from your perspective, if people really sit down and look at possibilities and then integrate, yeah, this is my budget, but wait a minute, I got some rewards over here. Then what happens is we actually exceed the expectation of what's possible for us to travel or do other things, don't we? Uh, absolutely, 100%. And uh, that, that's the beauty of the whole the whole rewards planning tool and incorporating into your your spending, your planning, and uh, surely your traveling. And uh, that's something I've been doing for you know 20 years with with miles and points. And it's just been in the last couple of years since I've been introduced to uh, uh, preferred rewards that have really escalated uh, the, the amount of cash back and points that I can earn. Oh, wow. Thank you. I want to ask one last question. I know you got to hop off. I'd like to ask each of you, how do we find out more about what you're talking about, what we can do? And then each of you, your personal message, what would you like to leave us with today? Uh, for more information, you can check out bankofamerica.com slash preferred rewards. And for more information about me and my travels, check out leabamonte.com. And uh, my message would basically be uh, just figure out what you want to do and do it because it's very possible. If I can do it, anyone can do it, whether it's travel or anything in life. Yeah. And, and my message would be, you know, talk to a banker and, uh, you know, be sure to take advantage of these banking loyalty programs like Preferred Rewards because I think that's where most of the listeners out there are probably leaving rewards yeah. on the table. And by taking advantage of that, they can save money. Yeah, I'm all about licking the plate clean. Totally. Uh, thank you both for joining me here today. Hey, everybody, we're going to take a short break. Lots of great information. Please take a look at what you're doing with your credit cards and really take a look at what John and Lee have said today. We'll be right back. TransformationTalkRadio.com. I got to tell you, everybody, I, I just love doing these good news segments. And what happens, and many of you heard me talk about the fact that I am a researcher. I love to research. I love to provide information. But what about information about the holidays and what a study might re reveal about gifts, what they mean, and how things have changed? Well, that's where Dr. George Newman comes in, Associate Professor of Marketing and Management at the Yale School of Management. And think about this. This is a new holiday study. And so what are we talking about? How are things popping up now in the way we like to gift each other? Dr. Newman, what a cool study. Yeah, well, thank you. And thanks so much for, for having me. Uh, yeah, so I, I've been interested in uh, authenticity for mm. for a, a number of years, uh, and, I, and I've been studying um, how authenticity impacts uh, people's decision making um, and how they value different things. Um, and in this research, I really wanted to understand how authenticity uh, is related to gift giving. Yeah. Uh, for example, 
Do people care about authenticity, even if they're not spending their own money on something? Um, so what I found is that when it comes to receiving gifts, uh, authenticity really matters uh, a lot to people. Um, consumers appreciate uh, receiving authentic things more. They feel a lot more gratitude uh, when they get uh, authentic things. And they're disappointed by inauthentic things, uh, even if other people can't tell that they're uh, fake or, or knockoff. Well, look, uh, have we changed in this arena? And this is really part of why I love talking with you about this, because authenticity, right? Um, for the years and years that I think we study, authenticity is that thing that when people think about it, they think about the importance of it. They think about what it means in their psychological contracts. They think about all of the above. But now we're talking about this idea of gifts. And I think it really does make a huge difference for people. What What is it that you have found? What is it that's at the top of your discovery? And what were some of the surprises? Well, absolutely. Authenticity matters a lot to people. Um, and your comment reminded me of there's this really fascinating study by uh, a, a group of neuroscientists. You know, they had people um, look at uh, authentic paintings and then inauthentic uh, paintings. And they found that uh, people reported uh, more pleasure when they viewed the authentic things, uh, and they found them more beautiful. Uh, and interestingly, the you know those same that difference between authentic versus inauthentic things could be detected uh, in the brain. So people aren't just saying that they appreciate authenticity. You know, at some level, it really makes them feel a lot different. And I want to talk about this because it has to do with the relationships we have with people. So at the at the at, at the top of this or under it and the psychology behind it, there is the psychology that you discovered about holiday gifts and which mean the most and and how they're perceived. What did you discover about that? Yeah, so, um, you know, authenticity is, is really important. We found that for um, uh, you know, especially for, for name brand things like uh, authentic North Face jackets or an authentic Apple Watch. You know, authenticity was was really important to those name brand products, but it was also important to uh, products where there wasn't uh, a name brand involved. So, you know, um, there are these lab-grown diamonds that uh, kind of mimic, look very similar to uh, diamonds that come from the earth, um, but the people said they were Fifty percent more likely to be disappointed if they received uh, uh, a natural diamond versus or a lab-grown diamond versus a uh, natural one. And and let's talk about that because you you know I come I come from a generation where we never thought of anything but natural diamonds. <laughs> yes, I mean. I think we should credit Marilyn Monroe for that, um, if people even know who Marilyn Monroe is. But, you know, the, the idea of, uh, uh, of a knockoff or a fake is really something that people think about and have, a, have an opinion. Like, for example, if you ask somebody what they really want, right? Um, are they willing 
to do trade-offs. Do you know what I'm saying? Are they willing to do trade-offs? Because people have an expectation, right? So what did you define, what did you discover, right, about the idea of giving inauthentic, uh, inauthentic or knockoffs or that type of gift and the degree by which people experience disappointment and unmet expectations? Yeah, it's a, it's a really fascinating question. So um, part of the survey, we asked um, whether people would prefer to receive something inauthentic, like uh, a synthetic cashmere sweater um, versus something that was authentic that, that cost uh, the same amount, like um, a, a wool, like a, a less uh, expensive wool sweater. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, what, and what we found was that they would prefer to receive something real, yeah. uh, the wool sweater, even if it was cheaper. So, you know, from the pers- perspective of the person getting the gift, you know, it, it suggests that people can be more concerned about the authenticity of the item than than you know how much somebody paid for it. Wow, uh, you know, before we run out of time, I want to. How can people find out more about this? Let's just give folks some information right now. Sure. So um, uh, all of my public studies are uh, available on my faculty uh, website, which is uh, linked to the uh, Yale School of Management. Um, I want to ask you this question um, in your research and your studies. Um, as researchers, you and I, different topics, um, I'm always fascinated when I think about, oh, wow, I didn't see that result. Did you get any of that from your study? Well, one thing that was really uh, interesting was that, um, you know, this was a nationally representative sample, and you hear a lot about how uh, authenticity is kind of a growing consumer trend, maybe especially yeah. among uh, younger consumers. Yeah. We actually found that authenticity was important for all age groups. So that was something that was, that was interesting and in, in kind of all different geographic regions. So even though people's favorite uh, a gift change, you know, authenticity uh, still remained kind of a really important factor, top of line for uh, for lots and lots of different consumers. Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about a couple of things because I just had an, an interesting experience with my jeweler. I, I go to a particular jewelry store every once in a while, and I'm looking at a couple of pieces that my dad left me and so forth. I think when it comes to jewelry, and especially when it comes to gemstones, like diamonds, maybe you found something different than my sense of it, but I am not sure I know very many women slash people that would be really happy with lab-grown diamonds, kind of like that. What did you, What do you think? Well, that's certainly, we found a very similar thing in, in this survey that, you know, in terms of um, the, the gifts that would be most appreciated, would bring them uh, the most joy, um, things like natural diamonds are really uh, at, at the top of that list. So that seems to be one domain where authenticity is really important, which is interesting if you think about it, because it's not like there's any name brand associated with diamonds, you know. Uh, it really is about the history and the story uh, behind it and, and where this object comes from. When I think about this, and, and, and you know, I know you research authenticity. Um, uh, the question really that comes to mind, this is holiday giving. 
And from the study that you've done, I, I believe you're able to share some information so that as people start to look at what do I, what am I doing for the holidays? They can make a choice uh, and not step in the pothole that a lot of folks step into with buying things that perhaps they think somebody wants, but just don't pass the authenticity smell test. So give us a little dip on that. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a, it's a great point. And, I, you know, the gift-giving season can be a, a stressful time for people. You know, and so I think it's important for, for uh, you know, people to not get too bogged down with the flashiest promotions or the trendiest kinds of, of products. And to keep in mind that if you're, you're shopping for friends or loved ones, the most important thing is, you know, trying to find something that, uh, that's special, that's unique, that you know communicates something about your unique relationship with that person because you know ultimately those are the things those are the gifts that people really treasure uh, over time. Yeah, um, Dr. Newman, you know one of the things I I really uh, love behind this study and the information is the idea that there is a psychology behind holiday gifts and why some mean the most, and I think that's really an important thing to really talk about for a little bit because in the day and age when we would be led to believe that it's just about buying because there's so many ways to buy like click a button go over here click a button go over here click a button go over here um the idea of gift giving as ancient and it really is ancient isn't it as ancient as it is is true to form it's the meaning it's the meaning and the time and the thought that goes into it which is authentic in itself and um in the in the closing minutes we have what would be your suggestions for people so they can really follow along the psychology behind holiday giving. Well, I think you 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 really you know hit the nail on the head with talking about about meaning, and I think that's so right. Something that we find in the research as well is that you know authenticity is really about the meaning behind an object, the uh, the emotional meaning, the history behind it, maybe where it comes from, or if it you know. Um, if a friend got it for you while traveling at a unique, you know, at a far off location, uh, you know, all of these things factor into how we value things uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the special uh, uh, meaning that, that we associate with them. So I think um, authenticity becomes a really uh, important and useful way that, that people can um, assign extra meaning uh, to the products and, and, you know, have these gifts that they're going to uh, cherish over time. Wow. Hey, look, thank you so much for coming out here. I know you've got a bunch of these to do. Uh, for those of you, Dr. George Newman, uh, one last question. And again, websites, anything you want to share with us, please do that. And then I would love to know your personal message, what you'd like to leave us with today. Uh, well, again, yeah, all of my uh, research is available uh, at, at my faculty uh, web page, which is through um, the uh, Yale School of Management, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, I you know, I, I think the, the the big finding from this study and, and the the message would be that you know authenticity is important to people. Um, it, it in some cases can matter you know a lot more than what you actually pay for it, and so you know 
in, in selecting gifts for this holiday season, really trying to find something that is unique, special, uh, and, and distinctive. Thanks awesome. so much. Awesome. Hey, everybody, lots of great information here. But you know, like I like to say, really paraphrasing Dr. Newman, let's keep it real. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.